0: Hi everyone, welcome to the Curiously Creative Podcast. Curiously Creative loves creativity and inspiring people to follow their own creative curiosities. We hope to bring you a bit of joy and inspiration with everything we do so that you can fall in love with creativity too. I'm your host, Akriti Lee, and each month I share conversations with all kinds of creative people who share their journeys and unique perspectives around their own creativity We hope these conversations help us understand our own creative process and have the courage to live more creative lives. Today, I'm very excited to be presenting the lovely and positive market extraordinaire, Rose Baberich. Rose is the driving force behind the General Collective Lifestyle Market, a mecca for contemporary handcrafted products. From launching a small market of 14 in 2014, to now a very large-scale design and lifestyle market with over three hundred designers and makers, they have become the largest independently curated market in Auckland, offering the best place to buy and support independent and locally designed products. Thank you, thank for you. doing this, especially after thank doing you. so many markets and through you and General Collective. it's yeah. kind of nice, oh, it's to, nice get to get a connected to on with. a
1: different level. Yeah.
0: So, the first question, really, is to get an idea of how it's all started for you. Mm. Did you always know that big markets was your thing that you wanted to pursue, or...? Uh,
1: no. But I have been in events since I was about 18, oh, so wow. quite a number of years now, yeah. and used to do a range of weddings, corporate functions, conferences, Mm. really large-scale conferences, you know, 1,500 delegates and that sort of thing. So I'm quite used to doing larger events and managing those. But I guess this is something quite different because it's more sort of me developing the event rather than delivering the event for somebody else. But I really started General Collective as a hobby with a friend. And we wanted to create a platform that was different to every other platform out there to sell our wares because we mm. you know we're making um, baby products and different things.
0: Oh so you started as a crafter yourself.
1: Like yes You were exactly. making your
0: own products. Exactly. Okay
1: yeah cool. and uh, you know I'd done a couple of markets before but it just just felt that we could do it differently.
0: Yeah.
1: And popped into this little shop called General Trading and it was just this really lovely space in the foyer that was yeah. always dressed beautifully and they had Lots of different homewares and things for sale. And I went in there one day and I said to my girlfriend, Stacy, we need to do a market and I, it needs to be here. And she was like, okay, how, how are you going to do that? And I said, well, I'm just going to go and ask them and put it to them and see what they say. And if they yeah. say no, then we're not going to do it because this is where it needs to be and this is where it needs to start. And I went in there and met Debbie and Anna, mother and daughter yeah. team, and they were like, sure, come on in. And so we gathered I think five of our friends, which were all creatives, Rogan from B and Wendy from Nanistad and Stacey and I. and um, We sort of started to plan this boutique market in mm-hmm. this really beautiful space. And then um, the following, the interest in this event sort of became quite a lot bigger than we expected. And so we thought, well, now we actually need to get a few more people along because we don't want to disappoint on the day. So this was the first market? This is the first market, wow. which was four years ago. And so we... we you know, rang around all these amazing creatives, which yeah. we followed on social media and what have you, and said, "Do you want to come to this market?" You know, and a few of them came, like Needle and Nail came, yeah, Lyora from Turtles Noodles, and quite a few others. And so
0: it started with four of you going, "Let's find a space." Yeah, and then mm. from there, we sort of invi- you know
1: we invited our girlfriends, okay. yeah. and then thought we need to have a better offering, you know, yeah. a wider offering, yeah, and so we kind of recruited these other people that weren't. In the market scene in Auckland, and so you know, it really was sort of giving the customer a different experience. Like, yeah, yeah. And then it just grew from there. Our first market, I think, we had over 900 people. You know, for this oh, little market awesome. that was planned on having five stalls in. Yeah, it just grew from there. And then we stayed at that venue for probably a year, a year or so, and we maybe had four or five markets there, extended out into the car park, and then into you know, a large area of the car park yeah. and, you know, grow it. And that's when we made the move to C three. Um, they actually approached us and said, you know, we've got this amazing venue and there, church in Alice Lee, which Alice Lane, was just yeah. down the road from the original venue. I see. And it was quite a perfect space and really good next step mm. and um, kept on growing and
0: And so the name General Collective was that it tra- general trading? Yeah, was kind yeah. Of so of that was
1: pulled from, from general trading okay. and then a collective, just being a collective so of yeah. makers and you know creatives. You know, initially it was a hobby yeah. for us and we didn't sort of expect it to, to grow, mm. but then it sort of became a real passion of mine and so I ended up taking it over full time. And that was really when I was able to focus on it yeah. and really grow the business and move it to the next step and bring it to the showgrounds and um, focus continue, on other brands within general collective how did you know
0: and at what point did you know and decide that this was what you really wanted to pursue like you say just really commit to it yeah in full time because um, was there any particular moment that kind of gave you that clarity
1: yeah and it was the moment when I left my job Um, oh okay so so I had been working part-time because I had two young children you know working part-time and working around the children you know picking them up from and what have you and so my working hours were limited and then I was doing all of the general collective work at night and then it, just, it got to the point where it was just too time consuming you know getting a lot of calls during the day and that sort of thing and I was just stretched a bit far and that's when I really sat down and I you know, did a, a plan of how I could make this work and be able to focus on it full time. Since then you know obviously leaving my job you know sort of day job I've gone to working a pretty much full, you know, 40-hour week, week rather than a 20-hour week, which I was working right. beforehand. So it was really necessary to leave so it, that job.
0: So it was kind of like a natural regression to let go yeah, of yeah. one. Working
1: for yourself, you have a bit of flexibility to, yes. with the children. You know, yes. that, that worked really well. And it was something, was. you know, that I was actually really passionate about. Yeah. I've always loved, you know, doing other events and I've been doing sales and marketing for events and things, which I really enjoyed. But it was just a great opportunity to follow my own creative path and and do this.
0: How long was that period where you were doing the part-time day job, as well as balancing general collective work? Yeah, I think
1: it was probably about a year and a half, maybe two years. And so... You know, it was a lot of, um, well it still is a lot of hard work. It was a lot of late nights, Mm. every night.
0: Mm. I think a lot of the times when people are in that position where they want to take a step into something new, whether it's a business or a hobby that they want to turn into a career, it can feel quite daunting to go, okay, I have to drop everything right now and then focus solely on this yeah, one thing. But, yeah. you know, you kind of do have to balance it. And it does take time for you to be able to switch to one.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Financially, yeah, mentally. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was really good actually being able to have that balance of the security of the day job. Mm-hmm. Because, it, you know, in the beginning, it was literally a hobby. It was all for love. Yeah. And I do tend to do a lot of things for love. But at the end of the day, you need to be able to support your family okay. too That's right. and contribute You know more than just love. And I still do a lot of other things just for the love of it.
0: When you were made the decision, okay, it's getting too much, I'm going to go and focus on general collective full time, was there any elements of that quite scary to...?
1: Yeah, I guess it was, but I'd, I'd planned it okay. and planned for growth in order to... Make up for that that loss of the day job.
0: I guess it goes to show as well that you have to plan. You've got
1: to put the hard yards in. You need to focus to grow. Yes. For sure. And what you focus on will grow.
0: Like What's that quote? Energy flows where focus goes or something? Ah. So what was it like transitioning from the initial idea to then establishing whole business and team around it? Because you have scaled up quite a bit since then. I
1: think... It was a turning point when Stacey and I decided that I would sort of run it solely, I guess. But Stacey is still involved in terms of being my sounding board and she works at the markets and she is heavily involved and a lot of people sort of know her as being part of General Collective. But at that point, when we sort of went our own ways, that just really enabled me to take control of the business and really focus on it, whereas before it was more of a,
0: a hobby. And what about in terms of logistically going from say it 10 to 30 stallholders yeah. to then setting up from a context of the SB showgrounds where we've yes. got what, I think 300 yes yeah. 200 stallholders and that requires a whole different yeah. level approach to the business yes. and management and you know funding and team on yes. the day especially yeah. I imagine yes yeah. Yeah.
1: So yeah so we in order to move forward I had to look at the procedures okay. and Processes of actually being able to organise the event, Mm. and so that is when I invested in some online systems to make the job easier. You know, gone was the Excel spreadsheet, which was not sort of automated in any way. You know, I do love a good Excel spreadsheet, Mm. but there are limitations. You know, having a CRM really enables you to view data and automates the system, the process, a lot yeah. more. And that, that really was one key thing for the growth of the business. Because mm. obviously with the increased amount of vendors yeah. attending, you know, it's a lot more to manage. That's and right. so that, that was a key thing, which I probably implemented two years ago. Yeah. And that's been very helpful
0: to kind of have at some point yeah, elements of yeah, it. Yeah, and, you know, your...
1: moving to things like zero for accounting. Oh, yes. You know, yes. it's just so good. I think that if you're going to try and sort of, you know, scale your business up, you really mm. need to think about some of those things early on to enable you to be able to cope with growth and focus on growth.
0: And also keep track of your progress as well. Yeah, exactly.
1: And as, that, that's yeah. key too.
0: Because, like, otherwise you feel like you're just kind of Taking a stab in the dark and you don't know if anything's working or yeah, what the returns are, exactly, and those sort of things. So you, you can feel like in the space of limbo, even though yes. you're like, like you're on a constant treadmill. You're like, is it working? Mm-hmm. Where's it going? Exactly. <laughs> Everything is just a bit of a hit and miss. Yes. Yeah. It's really hard to stay inspired when you don't know if anything's working yes. or not. So actually, touching on. Being inspired and their difficulty in staying motivated—that sometimes. What do you do when you are stuck for
1: inspiration and motivation?
0: I, you know, because that is work in itself. Yeah, on the side. yeah, it is. Yeah.
1: I think you know. Often I have to take myself out of the house and really engage in order yeah. to get the flow going. You know, I'd like to say that I walk regularly, yeah. but I, I don't. <laughs> I, um, often if I do, that is really what makes me go, right, I'm feeling really focused. So I think being active, it definitely helps and I need to work on that a little bit more. But, you know, I find that once I'm in the, in the thick of it, really yeah. starting to get busy, that's when I'm feeling really inspired and motivated. It's like that panic monkey, you know, taking that first step and just being all in. You know, yeah. I'm sort of an all in person.
0: Was there an element of also getting out and talking to people as well? Yeah, exactly.
1: You know, know, being in an environment where you can be inspired by others and, you know, be around creative people. and Freshen your mind. Talking about it and then putting that into action.
0: Yeah, Yeah, I think that talking about it is really interesting, eh? Because it feels like by talking about it sometimes you're making progress just because you're getting into that psyche. Yeah, exactly. Even if you don't have anything tangible to show for it. And then you're like, oh,
1: now I want to actually do it exactly because I've talked about it yeah or well, you know you might have a meeting with a friend about business or your accountant or yeah. uh, you know someone that you've partnered before and that just I think really gets you in the mode of work and being inspired
0: or sometimes you can get so caught up in your own routine your own work it's really hard to see it objectively when you talk about it with someone else or when someone appreciates your work you're like oh yeah it's not so bad mm. <laughs> I mm. got this mm. I find that that sometimes, even though you know they say you shouldn't seek external validation, but I'm like, Oh give it to me. I'll take it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, I need some days. You need do. it. Yeah. yeah. Positive enforcement. You know. That's yeah.
0: right. So how do you generally come up with your ideas and build together a project? It would be kind of nice to know mm. your creative process.
1: At every market, we have a sort of a display yeah. that really is to showcase some of the maker products. You know, for people to walk in and sort of feel inspired and And each time you know it it is a bit of a process coming up with a new idea and I sort of tend to have a a couple of ideas months before you know wave in and out of different ideas and themes and things and then I guess it gets to a point where I'm like right I need to do this again it's that panic button, panic monkey type thing time to decide or Stacey rings me and says what are you doing this time you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah and at that point I just and so we just think Oh, we might try this, you know, this time. And we don't tend to follow any trends when we do that. It's just whatever has sort of come to mind, and then we work on that based on what products are available at the market, and we'll sort of hand-pick that to work with the theme display that we're doing. And then in terms of layout and things, that really just depends on the time of year and how many vendors we're looking to place and considering kids areas and flow and you know customer flow and, and that sort of thing.
0: And with the theme mm. uh, example that you were just giving, do you have like a backlog of ideas that you kind of filter through or
1: you, or you just start fresh no, every we time? No, I just start fresh. Yeah. yeah. Google search. You know, I might see something and go, oh that'd be good, you know, it varies, but certainly I don't have a list of things to take off, it's just whatever has you know, I come across in the lead up to yeah. that process.
0: Do you have any tools or practices or even mindsets that you feel help you be more creative with your work, get into a particular zone or yeah, problem-solve even? I don't really know if there is anything that that
1: makes me feel creative apart from actually getting out and getting amongst it mm. and getting really busy that actually kind of gets me going so kind gets of immersing yourself into yeah. it completely it kind yeah. of gives you that momentum yeah. to go. but it is a fine balance yeah. because often when you're so your, your, your list is really long yeah then you don't really feel creative because you're, you're a bit bogged down yeah. and so I think at that point you really need to separate the two a bit mm. um, it's a fine balance of Having a big list and and getting that all done, but putting that aside to allow for creativity and planning, because planning is really important Uh uh, within a business.
0: And how do you compartmentalize those two um, elements?
1: I need to get out of the house, and I have two young children, and so fortunate enough at the moment to have some help looking Mm -hmm. after them. And so you know, working full days has been quite helpful. Yeah, and just you know, not having the dishes to do and and that (laughs) kind of thing. I think when you're at home, you can really be sidetracked and procrastinate. Mm -hmm. And I sometimes get people to help me doing a a lot of admin, Mm. which is really, really good to be able to pass that on, you know, because it's something quite simple, but it is very time consuming. Mm. So just having a bit of support on and off as and when I need it it sort of takes that away um, in order for me to to get the creative juices flowing, focus Um. on that.
0: And the procrastination side. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Like it's, it's a hard one when you're working from home. Yeah, it so, is.
1: And I've realised more so this year when I've <laughs> been at home more, you know, yeah, that, that is tricky. And and I think because I am, you know, a bit creative, I, you know, my mind sort of goes off when I start, you know, focusing on other creative things which yep. are not really what I should be working on. But that still fulfils me, you know, and it just means that the creative work that I have to do for the business yeah. might just wait a little bit, be put in the back burner.
0: Until the
1: panic monkey comes again. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> and you have something that you really need to get done. Everything else apart from that gets done. Yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> There's that, exactly. that
0: tendency yeah. for a mom as yeah. well. Exactly. Just going back a little bit on how you were talking about the fine balance between kind of setting up time when it's the list is really mm-hmm. heavy and plowing through mm-hmm. that and also setting up time where you know you're going to need more mm-hmm. space for creativity mm-hmm. do you have any approaches on how you prioritize those two segments
1: no i just think that you know it is sort of trying to prioritize you know the really urgent things for for each market i have mm-hmm. it all planned out you know the milestone chart
0: mm-hmm. and
1: i just need to make sure that those are met Try okay. and meet them on time yeah. or before to then allow for the creative side. But, you know, also me going full one. time has allowed me to have more time to do everything so that I'm not just exhausted all yeah. the time, you yeah. know, which which I really was. It was every yeah. night working. But, you know, I work well under pressure too. And I think that the creativity also comes quite well under pressure, pressure. as long That's as true. I'm not too bogged down so just getting help it, the help thing is tricky because I know that not everyone mm. has the luxury of getting help but my mum helped me the other day we literally worked all weekend and she was on the computer with me and doing she learnt a lot like it was great yeah
0: I think that idea of having milestones already planned out. Yeah. So those are always meant to those, you know, having those down as your priority that mm. are non-negotiable. Yes. I think that holds you accountable for keeping track. More room to do the other things that require more, more white space yes. around it. Yes. Yeah. What about in terms of when you want to try something new or different? Because that can be quite a scary thing to go ahead and do no matter what the context the project mm. etc have you ever faced this where you wanted to try something different but actually going ahead with it and doing it was quite a challenge
1: yeah making the step to the general collective making the step to ASP for shoguns you know that was a Those huge change a mm. huge challenge and, yeah. but it, it worked because it was all down to planning you know it was yeah. all planned out yeah it was a big change, and there were a few things that we had to work through in terms of a date change, mm. but it was the right thing to do you know and it it needed to be done for for multiple reasons mm. yeah, there were a few factors which meant it needed to change. It was quite a big change for the business and for everybody else involved, you know yeah. customers and vendors and everything. but I think all things considered it's the right decision and but I think at times like that you you just need a bit of support and just to be able to talk through things with somebody yes. and I sort of have a mentor that um, helps me a lot and yeah. talk through things and just be told that it, it'll all be okay yeah. and you can do it if things mm. are planned and you know you, you need to try something new at some point so that's true it's yeah. part of growing right? yeah. yeah but you know at the moment I'm sort of working on some other things and you know you, you sort of think oh is it the right thing to do well you just never know until you've done it and that's true I didn't do it last year but Working on it, but it needs careful planning. Previously, you know, a few years ago, I was very much just in, just go for it, you know, rather than considering things. And I think now I I consider things a little bit more. So I think a balance of both is quite good. Not having the fear, I think you need to sort of put out that fear to move forward, but you also need to plan.
0: The planning side of it sometimes is underrated. Especially mm. when you're doing something that's qualified as creative. But to allow for, to be more creative, you really need to plan it. With planning does give you, yeah. I think, more security and freedom. Yes. And allows you to actually tick off those things that need to happen to make it work. Yeah, it's a tricky
1: one. You know, for a business, I think, you know, you need to plan it all out. But then the actual process of making a product, I think mm. you need to keep, really try and keep that creativity and maybe let the planning go for a bit in order to come up with something new, you know? But but the process of of growing your business needs to be well planned out.
0: It depends on what you're trying to do, what the intention is, what it is that you're trying to grow and put your effort in. Um, Can you recall any particular moments where you felt like a failure, like you
1: sucked at something?
0: Um, Um, And how did you get back up from those?
1: I don't really feel that I've felt failure but you know you do get criticism you know and so dealing with that can be difficult yeah um but you know the the people that criticize obviously don't often don't actually know the full situation and so sure you know you just need to think about it i think you need to be open to criticism to yeah. grow as well yeah. rather than shut it down you do need to sort of accept it even though they might not be right or, or whatever you know but but that can be difficult
0: yeah I was talking to, because I did an interview with Olivia Bezard. Ah, yes, yeah, fantastic. And she was saying how as you grow, you do also become more open to criticism. And yeah, it's like one of those things that sounds like it's inevitable.
1: Mm-hmm. The
0: more you grow, you really have to develop a thick skin. Yeah, And then she was saying yeah. how it's really like she's still working on it. Like, and she you now get someone else to filter out yes. the criticism or, like, yeah. or really look at the ones that are more, you know, constructive rather
1: than just mm. hateful. I think, you know, you really need to, to try and put, it, put them out of your head so it doesn't yeah. bring you down. And mm. if it's constructive feedback, absolutely mm. take it on board. Yeah. You know, I have sort of a particular way that I deal with feedback, yeah. and, you know, particularly online, yeah. I, I sort of think that it is really important to respond to feedback in a really polite manner mm. and you know um and i also think that you need to be really careful with what you write on i i sort of feel like i don't really want to expose myself too much sometimes yes. so actually i just deal with the feedback and move yeah. on you know yeah. actually it's better just to be proactive about it mm. rather than sort of open yourself up and, and mm. be a vulnerable position you have to be positive and just be bigger than that you know if it's actually kind of personal criticism yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. i think actually responding to the feedback helps you move on from it's like all right it is what it is I've responded now I can move on yeah because I feel like sometimes if you ignore it festers more yeah it's such a hard territory yeah
1: you know I I really do take on feedback because we're always wanting to improve things and improve people's experience and you know success of the people that are involved with our events but yeah it's not always right to reply in detail to those but take it on board planning yeah. for the future. Or call someone and say, oh, you know, <laughs> just is it all okay? Yep, yeah. yep, everything's fine. You'll get through this. Yeah. You know, sometimes yeah. it's nice just to, just to hear that.
0: And having someone to like talk it out, something yeah. board, who actually Definitely. And, and you really picture. need someone
1: supportive like that.
0: Any other moments or any other scenarios where if something
1: didn't work out? No, I it. just can't think. Don't yeah. I think I try and see the positive thing. You know, like I was talking to the principal at school the other day she was like, oh, you, you know, how are you? You must be really busy, da-da-da, you know. And she said, oh, have you ever had one that was just a real failure? And I was like, no, I don't do failure. Yeah. Like, I don't, you know, if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it good. And I say that in the best possible way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to put my all into it, and it's it's going to be great. I don't sort of go into any event or, you know, anything and go, oh, is it going to work? You know, I, I tell myself that it is going to work. You know, I believe in myself and grateful for everything and yeah it's gonna be good well that's really awesome you it's, know, it's really de-
0: how you interpret the definition of failure now go in with the full absolutely kind of trust yeah. and do your exactly. best yeah exactly. that's all you do can, your can best, do yeah. yeah keep smiling <laughs> you know it's a sunny day every day those are little reminders i actually quite remember you forget those there are some days though it just feels like you're constantly swimming upstream yes. and it's really hard to stay positive do you feel like you have any particular tools or approaches that help you feel better and keep that positive outlook? Is it that sense of like keep smiling, staying
1: grateful? Some days just might not be your day. Yeah, you can just have a wine and just relax. <laughs> just you know, let it go. <laughs> tomorrow's another day. Yeah. You know, sometimes you just need a mental health day. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to surrender to the fact that it's just yeah. not working. Yeah. 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 You know, maybe just focus on some of the other things that just work through that list and yeah. yeah so you're achieving at least something
0: I want to talk a little bit about comparison yeah because um, that's like a, a rabbit hole that's very easy to fall yes. into yeah. um, have you ever fallen into that yeah. rabbit hole and how do you, have you got yourself yeah, out of I, it you know,
1: I am um, in my office which I've recently just relocated on my wall I have a big chalk wall and you know I have a few sayings you know written up there you know one of them is focus and you will grow yeah and the other is you know focus on yourself forget the competitors yeah I really do think that you need to forget the competitors and focus on you and your yeah. business you know comparing yourself is just a downward spiral, a spiral you know. yeah a rabbit hole you know so many people do compare and it's just natural, natural yes yeah. yeah but you really do need to try and forget about it and and focus on what you're doing and you know how you're different and yeah. everybody's different we're not all the same you know you can't keep comparing yourself to someone because no. they're actually different you know you are you and my dad wrote on my chalkboard wall need a guru gee you are you you are yeah. you you're an amazing person remember oh, that that's a
0: good one everyone yeah. should have that on the wall yeah you are you yeah you are your own guru yeah yeah that is so good in the market scenario as well it's really prevalent you know and it's really hard to navigate yourself out of those comparison spaces well, because there's so many yeah. businesses who do the same thing yeah, or like yeah. even as artists or creatives i think crafters it's there is a challenge always to really um, own the way you do things your style your process yeah. and not
1: measure it to exactly. someone else and you know your product is really unique and that's because you're doing what you're doing you're doing yeah. you know people follow trends and things but Focus on what you're good at and, you yeah. know, come up with a new idea and, and do something different. But also, one thing that I've seen with comparison mm-hmm. and, you know, that copying or, or whatever, you know, by publicly stating these things, it's never, never going to be good, you know? Publicly stating, yeah, someone's stating that someone's copied you. that someone's copied you, you oh, know, and actually, right. because you're focusing on that, they're going to yeah. focus on that, which yeah. is therefore going to give that business a, a step up.
0: That's like the same thing that we were talking before. Where focus goes, energy flows. Exactly.
1: So, you know, you just need to deal with that privately, I think. You know, talk about it with with people, but definitely not on your business pages. You know, it just doesn't reflect well. It feels like you should be, you know, naming and shaming, but it's never going to do you good. People need to be focusing on their business and what's good about their business Mm. and their products and their journey. Yes. not about not bringing in someone else's at that point there is another brand out there which is becoming similar you know just think about ways where you can just rise above them you know what can you do differently and better and you know think of your own unique ways of of getting out there more and and keep innovating you know i think that that's really key too yeah you know people you know they have a product but they're not actually innovating you know once you've got a customer they're part of your family you know and if you can keep selling you know, coming up with new products they'll just keep staying in your family, you know. It'll be yeah. lifelong customers and part of your family and your journey. Every idea is often not original anyway. No, there's no such you thing know? as an original it, idea. Exactly. Yeah. You kinda need to be aware of that too, you know. You might think, Oh, this is you know, I was the one that created this, but actually Yeah. All these ideas tend to be in a cycle. That's
0: right. You can only focus on how you can keep improving your way of doing things, or what you yeah. create,
1: the way you market it, and the way you market it, the way you engage it. with your customers, yeah.
0: or like maintain your own integrity in your work, mm. regardless. Yeah, of what's exactly. Exactly. And what that integrity and joy for why you started, what you started means to you, you because yes. sometimes yes. I think it can get so sidetracked in terms of of what other people are doing. And you forget why you started and Mm -hmm. what your intention behind doing what you do is. It's the fact that you love doing bird artwork, you know, but you can't limit other people from doing bird art
1: as well, right?
0: It's it's just you have to focus on... It's your happy place and keep it your happy place. Yes, and
1: think of how you can innovate and do things differently, but still keeping your love in there too. That's right.
0: What has... Helped you develop more courage and confidence in your journey so far?
1: I think um, really planning, yeah, has helped. You know the confidence that I can do this and by having everything planned out. Yeah, and I guess having sort of done this mm. for a little while now, mm. I feel quite confident in that I can deliver and keep evolving and yeah. improving things yep. in the experience. And yeah, just talking talking to people, you know, having a bit of a brainstorm and. Of new ideas and things, mm. and you know where to next and what what's gonna help things or mm. hinder things and planning, and keeping on exploring sort of yes. other options, yes. and opportunities. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Cool. Outside of work, do you take part in any other activities, creative or otherwise, that you feel are for your fun enjoyment? Yeah, or do yeah I collected? do.
1: I, I used to sew a lot. Yeah, that's sort of taken a bit of a back burner, but I do still love sewing. I, was part of a craft group until very recently we'd do craft swaps yeah 10 of us and we'd sort of decide on what we were going to make and then we'd make 10 of that one thing and go and swap them and they tended oh. to revolve around our children we all had children and so we'd you know make things for the kids you know, busy bags felt food and things like that and so we'd meet at a pub and everyone would think we're really crazy because we'd <laughs> pull out all of our felt bananas and apples or whatever (laughs) I've done quite a few of those sort of things over the years
0: that sounds awesome
1: yeah they are really fun you know and we're not a bunch of We well (laughs) you know craft swaps always involve wine and chips I also am part of a local community group that we've just started with a couple of other mums in the Mm -hmm. Ellerslie Business Association and that's Engaging our community and offering free or very low cost workshops mm. to give them a new experience, teach them something and, you know, meet other people cool. and just build a better community. Yeah. And those things, you know, at Christmas we did a wrap well, waste less workshop, you know, which yeah. is kind of crafty because yeah. it, it was about looking at ways of wrapping your Christmas presents differently rather than just going and buying wrapping paper. Yeah, You know, we'd do brown paper and we did do potato stamp and make your own wrapping paper or do the Japanese method fuki something I can, I can yeah. never pronounce it, of, you know, wrapping with fabric mm. and, you know, using sewing patterns to wrap presents. You know, bringing in nature with brown paper and twine and... Yeah dried flowers and things so doing those sort of things just keeps me going keeps that kind of creativity going and and giving back as well it's a completely different outlet yeah and that one was great because so many people had never really thought about these things and it was just so rewarding seeing people brought along their gifts on the night and had a go at wrapping themselves oh so fun you know they would go and go home and start wrapping everything in fabric or sewing patterns that you no longer need need, because they're 50 years old and you know their (laughs) nana's frock Patterns yes. and post photos on our group, and, and then last week we did a beeswax wrap, DIY beeswax. Mm. And that's creative, but it's creating awareness about uh, yeah, reducing yeah. and a reusing. And you know, that was really fun to get everybody out and doing something yeah. a little bit different.
0: Cool, so you've got like these other community based outlets, outlets yeah. and yeah. workshops and events that kind of keep you more fueled
1: and exactly. connected. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: We'll finish off with a quote uh, which is by Brené Brown yeah. where she says that there's nothing more vulnerable than creativity. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah it's an interesting one you know I, being creative you, you really are vulnerable you know because it's something that if you're sort of focusing on where your creativity has taken you you know mm. if it's art or you're making something you're sort of opening up your heart and you can be yeah you're in a really vulnerable position because you know will anyone like it that sort of thing but I would like to think that initially I'd probably say the opposite you know like actually I need to stand up and go I'm really confident and I'm going to do this I'm going to nail it yes rather than feeling vulnerable and then open and free flowing I think for me too there's a balance of process which is not creative and then having to bring that creativity in. So for me, it's finding the balance, you know, and I think maybe more so than a, than a person who is an artist. You know, there's definitely more creativity than planning, maybe. Yeah. Whereas for me, it's a lot of planning and then a bit of creativity, you know, in my business now. Right. But, yeah, I think being creative, you do need to let yourself open up and let it flow.
0: One of the interviews I did was where he said that I think sometimes people confuse creativity to artistry and mm. the fact that problem solving itself is a creative process you know so i wonder if planning itself is a creative process as yeah well. like mm. planning is a way for you to really feel less vulnerable with that yes. process yes yeah. yeah
1: and for me definitely you know yeah. it, it needs to be planned And then we need to bring in some creativity there as well. You know, like I said before, it is, you put yourself out there. Yeah. You're like, is it going to be good enough? But then at the same time, you've got to go, no, I'm confident with this. Yes. I'm not going to let myself be brought down by this. So open yourself up for vulnerability while you're in that creative process, but then turn it around and be confident with it.
0: Yeah. You know, there's
1: no point in, say, you know, at a market, standing at a store, you've got to turn around and be confident with what you've produced on an event day, you know. I've actually got to go, okay, we're good now, confident in this, and it's going to happen. It's going to happen.
0: Cool. I think that's a nice way to finish off. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. So much. So glad. Lovely to have you around. So glad that we can make this work. Awesome. So that's it for this episode of Curiously Creative. We hope it has sparked a little, or a lot, of creativity and curiosity in you. Curiously Creative is a production by Curiously Creative. Who would have thought? So if you'd like to know our comings and goings, and check out some more inspiring content, head on over to curiouslycreative.co.nz. Until the next episode, with lots of love and a massive splash of joy, Akriti your creative curiosity advocate. Oh, and if you enjoyed this episode, please do leave us a comment on iTunes as it helps more people find these conversations.